All right, Galatians chapter 2. Let's start reading in verse 14. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou, being a Jew, livest after the manner of the Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? We, who are Jews by nature, and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Heavenly Father, please help us. There's no possible way we can have a complete understanding of this passage today. But Father, I pray that we'll get enough to be grounded in your word and to, to be able to live it out in our community. Lord, thank you for the amazing gift of eternal life that you've offered to us. In Jesus' name, amen. This book of Galatians has been so fantastic to study. And uh, I, I was just telling someone this morning that you know I'm 48 years old now. And I've been around this all my life. My father was a pastor. I've grown up in church. I've heard preaching all my life, and I've studied. And I've learned so much just through this study of Galatians that I didn't know. And one of the things that I love to do is to study passages like this. How many of, how many of you have heard Galatians 2.16 before? Right? All of us. It's one of the most famous passages of Scripture in the Bible. But what's interesting is when you go to those passages and you study the context, how much you learn even from these familiar passages. So today we're going to start to get into this doctrine of justification. Now what is doctrine? Doctrine is a word that means teaching, but it's not just any kind of teaching. It's God's truth that's been put in God's words. And it's eternal truth that we have to be grounded in to know how to live in this life and to be able to be sure of the next. Doctrine is so vitally important. And so we're going to be looking at this doctrine of justification this morning. And you say, what in the world is justification? Well, let's look at verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. So we're justified not by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. What is that talking about? Now, justified is... The word that we use in our regular conversation. If there was a, a, a shooting, and we had our concealed carry class yesterday, and praise God, there was some shooting, but no one was shot. And we're thankful for that. And Josh, Josh and Dave, stand up for us. Josh and Dave, let's give these guys a hand for the hard work. Thank you, guys. I'm thankful that God has brought them to our ministry, and, and they care about you. But if there was a shooting... The question would be asked, was it justified or not? Did he have a reason for shooting? Um, so we use this word in our own language, but sometimes we, we disassociate words from their common usage when we start thinking about spiritual things, and that's a mistake. The word justification, it means the same thing in theology that it does in the English language. The idea of justification is this, that you and I, this morning, we stand before God guilty of trespassing against His holy law. 
Every one of us, all of us. Remember, don't ever, don't ever miss this. We don't, we're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. See, it's not only our behavior that causes us to be in violation of God. It's our very nature. We are by nature under the condemnation of God. It's very important to understand this. That's why the grace of God is so wonderful. We, we get to know Him. We get to worship Him. We get to have eternal life. We get to have a, a, a walk in this world of hope and joy and peace. What an amazing gift that He's given us. And you know there's some people that think they deserve it? No one deserves eternal life. It's a gift. So this understanding of justification is really important. So here's the idea. We've we, we got to get this, we have to grasp this concept. Sin does exist. There are some people that try to act like it doesn't, but we all know that it exists. If you punch a sinner, somebody that doesn't believe in sin in the face, he's going to say that was wrong. Right? So we all, have a, we all understand that there is that. There are three responses to our sin. Number one, the response could be, I don't think I did anything wrong. And I was giving the gospel to someone a while back who literally told me that they had never sinned in their life. It was pretty cool to meet somebody that had never sinned. I said, this is awesome, man. I've never met anybody like you before. Now, but, but honestly, how many of you understand that you're a sinner? All right? So the, the first response before God, we could stand before Him and say, I don't believe in sin. There's a second response. Yes, I sinned, but it's not really that bad. You know, I didn't do this. I did this, but I didn't do this. You know, I, I, I took that stapler from work, but I didn't steal the boss's car. It's not really that bad. Is there a difference? Now, in our legal system, the value of what was stolen will impact the penalty, but it's, they're both stealing. Is that right? Or we can go to God and say, I don't deserve anything. I deserve hell. But I'm standing before you today based on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. See, the second one is justifying ourselves. The third is being justified by God. And so we've got to understand how that happens. And, of course, we understand it doesn't have by, happen by works. Let's try to get a, an understanding of this concept of justification. Justification, and you've heard me say it a thousand times, is the legal declaration, God declaring us not guilty based on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. All right? But let me tell you what justification does not do. Justification does not make you good. This is, this is something that we've got we've to grasp. Justification does not... It's not vindication. It is not pardon. And it is not forgiveness. To justify is to declare righteous, not to make righteous. Pastor, what are you talking about? I, Jim Alter, 
Hi, my name's Jim, and I'm a sinner. Amen? We are all sinners. When, when I was saved, and, and let's talk about what it means to be saved or born again. That is where you come to the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer. And you say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I deserve hell. There's nothing I can do to pay for my own sin. But you are God. You died on the cross to pay for my sin. You rose from the, th you rose from the dead the third day, proving that you are God and you always will be God. And you've offered me the gift of eternal life. I acknowledge you as my Savior and my Lord. You're the only way that I can have eternal life. When that happens, you're born again. You're saved. Isn't that anybody here born again? Anybody here done that? What an awesome thing. And so much happened in that moment in time. So much happened. We'll never comprehend it until we get to heaven. But the Bible does explain some of the things that happened. One thing that happened was I was given, I was clothed, I took off my sin and put on, put on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I don't have any righteousness myself. I put on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's what happened at salvation. But the simple fact is I want everybody to do this. Everybody, take your hand. Take your finger and touch it. What, you know what you're touching? Flesh. What does verse 16 say? Let's look at it. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. There's nothing that you can do to justify your flesh. You, you can't do it. You know, you know what it's going to take for God to do that? The power by which He created the whole world and subdues all things. That's the power that it's going to take to give you a new body. And we think that by turning over a new leaf or by paying our taxes or being a mom or a good mom or a good dad, that somehow that justifies our flesh. It, it's just amazing. The Bible is so clear about it. You cannot justify yourself. Go with me to Romans chapter 4. Keep your place in Galatians, of course. Romans chapter 4. Look at verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth not, or to whom God imputeth righteousness without works. So the Bible says, by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Is that right? But it also says here that by any kind of works, there are no kind of works whereby you can be justified. What's the distinction? Go back to Galatians and I'll show you something. To me, just a, a fascinating verse in the Bible is verse chapter 2 and verse 15. Chapter 2 and verse 15. Look what the Bible says. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles... 
Can I tell you something? That is not a politically correct verse. Here you have a distinction of races. Do you see that? A distinction of races. He's talking to Peter with other Jews present. And he says, we who are of the Jews and not the sinners of the Gentiles. Can you imagine if I stood up and said, you know, us German-Irish, we got it together. But those Italians, they're sinners. You ever see an Italian sin? They sin like nobody else. Now, how many of you think that would be offensive? Would it, would it be offensive to Italians? I guarantee it would be. How, you know, how about, those, how about those Germans? Germans are mean. How many of you know a mean German? Honestly, how many of you know a mean German? See, you guys know it's true. My grandmother was so mean, you wouldn't have believed it. My grandmother bought my brother and sister bicycles for Christmas and didn't buy me one. Because I reminded her of my father. <laughs> and man, was she German. But see, when we talk in that way, especially in our culture, it, that is not politically correct. What is this talking about? We Jews and not sinners of the Gentiles. I want, to take a, I want to take a few minutes from the Bible and let's look at what this is talking about. These sinners of the Gentiles. Look with me in Mark chapter 9 and verse 10. I mentioned in Sunday school, I love this kind of Bible study where we let the Bible interpret itself. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew, what did I say? Sorry. Both M words. Matthew chapter 9. And look at verse 10. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and, what's it say? Came and sat down with him and his disciples. Publicans and sinners. Who's that talking about? Gentiles. Gentiles. Now we can go to Mark. Look at Mark chapter 14, verse 41. Mark 14, 41. And he cometh the third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of Sinners. Who was coming to him? The Romans were coming to take him. Sinners. Sinners. The Gentiles. Look with me at... Uh, let's go to Luke chapter 19. Look at verse 5. This verse reminds me of when uh, Jerry Falwell and Lee Robertson died. The cover of the Baptist Bible Tribune said... Um, and there were giants in the land in those days. Which verse, of course, is talking about, you know, the marriage of demons and humans. And so I said to Nathan, I said, if I ever die suddenly, don't put a verse about demons on my headstone or whatever. And, and just like that, he said, oh, no, we're going to put Zacchaeus was a wee little man. 
So when you people think I'm mean to him, now you understand. Okay, so here's the passage about Zacchaeus. Look at verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto Zacchaeus, Make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. A sinner. He's a Gentile. He's a Gentile. Look at John. John chapter 9. And look at verse 24. Then again called they the man that was blind, and said unto him, Give God praise. We know that this man is a sinner. We know that this man is a sinner. And look at what it says. He answered and said, Whether he, is a, he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, whereas I was blind, now I see. Now, I think I, I, think I gave you the wrong reference right there on that. But you get the understanding that when the, the Jews would look at Gentiles, they were, they, there was an understanding that we're Jews and they're sinners. But what's interesting to me... Now, I think we all get that, right? I told you about being in Israel and the Orthodox Jew walking by me like this so he wouldn't have to look at me. Why? Because we're sinners. We're not Jews. Now, I understand Jewish people thinking that way. But now you have the Apostle Paul challenging Peter and other Jews with Gentiles present, and he talks about we Jews and not sinners of the Gentiles. What, what is this talking about? That, that is, it's an important thing for us to try and understand this. Well, the reason is that the Jews were very privileged people. They were privileged by birth. They were privileged by having the divine law. They were privileged by having a divine religion that God had given them from heaven. So let's try to track some of this down to understand who these Jews are. Let's try to figure out what it means. The, the Jews were God's chosen people. Is that right? Look at what happens. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verse 11. Wherefore remember that ye being in time past... I'll wait for you to get there. Ephesians 2 verse 11. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circum the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Why did they have no hope? Because they weren't Jews. They were outside the covenants of promise. You were Gentiles. There was no hope for you. Is that what the Bible says? But now, look at verse 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Look with me at Ephesians uh, chapter 4. In verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them 
because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. What's going on here? The Jews, the Jews were given the oracles of God. That is the word of God. To the Jews were given the oracles of God. To the Jews were given the covenants. To the Jews were given the promise. And from the Jews would come the Messiah. Is that right? The Gentiles' religion was worshiping frogs. Literally. And beetles. He said, yeah, yeah. Different beetles. The, the Gentiles would worship anything except the one true God. They were sinners of the Gentiles because they were outside the one true faith, which was the faith of the God of Israel. So we need to understand, when you get saved, what God has actually given you. He's made you an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that not only are we Gentiles saved, born again, and have eternal life, but we have the adoption of sons. We now become a part of the family of God that we by birth do not deserve. It would be like this. Imagine, imagine if Bill Gates came and said, Hey, I want to adopt you. I want to make you one of my heirs. What would you say? I'm in. Sweet. Sorry, Dad. I'm in. You know, we have it so much better than that. We have the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the one who spoke out on the edge of nothing and spoke everything into existence, the one who is the eternal, holy God. He has said, I want you to be one of mine. That's what justification does. See, this is where we've got to understand this whole idea of verse 15 that says that we are... Look, let's go back to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 15. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. Look at Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3 and verse 2. We'll look at verse 1 for the context. Romans chapter 3, verse 1. What advantage then hath the Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision? Now, if you just stopped right there, that would almost seem like a rhetorical question. What good is it to be a Jew? But doesn't it seem like that's the kind of question that it is when, you, when you're familiar with the words of Scripture? Look at the next verse. Much every way. Now, you've got to get this. Is that a politically correct statement? Man, I got to tell you, we white people are so much better than the rest. Can you imagine? Not if you know there are people that believe that, right? And they're not the tea party. <laughs> Different discussion. Whoopi Goldberg. Okay. How many of you know that there are people that believe that way? Now, how do you believe that that's wrong? It's wrong. What was Paul saying? Hey, we Jews, how are, how are we better than you? Every way. 
Now, honestly, how many of you here, seriously, that, that honestly, just that this whole discussion makes you a little uncomfortable, right? Why are they better? Now, again, remember what our cult is. Our cult is this doctrine of equality. Everything is not equal. Every idea is not equal. Every person has equal value, but not equal productivity, right? One person said, what, are we communists here? All right, look at verse 2. Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. So the reason that the Jews are better in every way was because they had God's word. God gave them his word. So by their flesh, they're not any better. They're better because God gave them the word of God and it made them. Them being chosen by God as his elect, that made them better than everyone else in every way. That's what the text says. Look at Romans chapter 9, verse 4. We'll start reading in verse 1. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites. Now look what it says. To whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came who is over all God blessed forever. Now, look at what he says. Do you see all of those characteristics that make the Jews excellent? They have the service of God. What's that? The temple. And the offerings, they had all of those things that made them better than the Gentiles because the Gentile worship was repugnant to God. Do you all get that? How many of you are Gentiles? Would you raise your hand? Now you understand how great God's grace is. You see, he loved you so much that he came, his son, God Himself, God the Son came and took on flesh and blood and allowed Gentiles to put Him to death. He allowed Jews to sentence Him to death and the Gentiles to nail Him to the cross. And so, He through the Scriptures over and over and over again, He tells the Jews, by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. The works of the law never saved anyone. That's what the Bible says. To the Jews, he tells them that. You know what he tells the Gentiles? Let's look at it. Look at Ephesians. Ephesians is written to Gentiles. Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, for the Gentiles, we don't have to worry about the works of the law. We have to worry about the works of the flesh. We have to worry about the things that we think are going to make us good enough to go to heaven. Look at Titus chapter 3. And look at verse 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, 
But according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. So this is not talking about works of the law now. This is to Gentiles. This is talking about works of the flesh. So to the Jews, He said, the works of the law will not justify you. To the Gentiles, He said, the works of your flesh will not justify you. What's the difference? Well, the Jews that are still holding to, they go to the Western Wall and they go and they do this. They just stand there with their prayer book and they pray. They think that somehow that's going to make them righteous. Do you know what Christians do? Well, I'm going to give to the poor. Silver and gold have I none. I'm going to give to the poor. And somehow that's going to get me to heaven. You see, the religion of the Jews is, I'm not going to eat leavened bread. I'm not going to eat with Gentiles. I'm going to keep myself and my race pure. Gentile religion says, hey, if you'll come and you'll get in the water, that'll wash away your sin. See, by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I was to James Knox yesterday, and he was talking about this in, this, in a message about this text. It's amazing what people think will impress God. The God who's been in existence forever, I think he said 30 zillion years. And you come to him and say, I didn't swear all week. And God's going to go, wow! We think that's going to impress God? That's the works of the Gentiles. See, the works of the law never saved anybody. The works of the flesh never saved anybody. The only thing that can save anyone is the faith of Jesus Christ. That's it. Now, here's the idea. And we're going to be on justification for a couple of weeks. Have you ever been praying as a believer? You're praying and you say, God, I'm horrible. As I, 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 I'm saved, I've trusted in you for my eternal life, and yet I still, and, and you start naming the stuff that you've struggled with this, that week, or that day, or that moment. And you, you say, Lord, I know that I'm saved, but I feel so dirty. Has anybody ever felt that way seriously? That's why you need to understand the doctrine of justification. Cheer up. You're a lot worse than you think you are. <laughs> Amen. You see, getting saved did not make you better. It made you saved. Because you can't get better. I think it was Knox I was listening to. He said, you know, I know that I'm saved. I might not even be a better person than I was before I got saved. Because now I know more of the things I'm supposed to do and not do. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is. 
Man, when we were lost, it was all great. Eat, drink, and be merry. It's all cool. Who cares? You only have one life. Live it to the highest. But now you start reading the Bible and you find all this stuff. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. I can't do that. I'm supposed to do this. You mean I've really got to love my mother-in-law? Come on! How many of you have experienced some of that in your Christian life? Not the mother-in-law thing, but the... Right? And this is where understanding justification is so important. You will never be good enough to get into heaven. Saved or unsaved. You will never be good enough to get to heaven. Justification is where God declares you righteous based on Jesus Christ. He doesn't declare you clean. Jesus Christ is clean. I'm nothing. Jesus Christ is holy. I'm sinful. Now, when the Holy Spirit of God comes to dwell in me, I now have the capacity through the Holy Spirit to do good. Amen? Praise God. Sanctification is that process whereby God through His Holy Spirit makes us more and more like Christ until we either die or He comes to get us. Would you all agree with that? But wherever you are in that process, you're not okay. That's why justification is so important. So do we go... Remember Rasputin, the, the Russian monk, who his, his life's verse was, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. So he wanted to sin as much as possible so there would be more grace. How many of you think that was maybe a bad interpretation of that passage? And he was so wicked and demon-possessed, I think they tried to kill him four or five times. They shot him. They poisoned him. They drowned him. Didn't he, they drown him? Isn't that how he eventually died? But, but here, so th- it's not justification for sin, and the Bible clears that up, doesn't it? Not occasion to the flesh. Our liberty is not an occasion to the flesh. But where this justification is so important is understanding for the Jews, works of the law weren't good enough. For the Gentiles, works of the flesh or works of religion aren't good enough. For the believer, let's tie this to where we are now and we'll be done. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Look at verse 3. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? No. What would the answer to that be? No. No. You know what the good news is? I am justified. God the Father has declared me, Jim Alter, righteous based on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I can live free. I can serve God. Why? And I can have hope of the future because there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Amen? I can live in freedom and liberty, but when I go and I look at my life and I say, Lord, I try that which I would, that I do not, and that which I would not, that I do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from the body of this death? Y'all ever prayed that? What justification helps me understand is God knows who I am. He justified the ungodly. And I'll go to heaven ungodly in my flesh, 
but righteous in Jesus Christ. And He'll give me a new body, and I'll worship Him. Oh, man, I can't wait for that day. But what does the Bible say? Now, our flesh groans for that day. When we get that new body and we're like Him. Justification is helpful. Because you and I, as we walk, as we live this Christian life, as we try and be Christ to the world, as we try to be His ambassadors out in the world, and we fail and we fail and we fail and we fail, do you know what God says? Hey, if you confess your sin, I'm faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And so you, you fall and you get up and you confess. You fall and you get up and you confess. You fall and you get up and you confess. And eventually, eventually... God will make you like Christ. Until then, you know what the good news is? If you're born again, you're justified. Not by the works of the law, not by the works of the flesh, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, so much for your word. Thank you for the confidence it gives us to serve you.